Welcome to another edition of Food, Faith, and Feelings, where we walk with you on your journey to wholeness. Our host is Dr. Jeannie Burnett, licensed clinical psychologist and certified eating disorder therapist. Join her and her host, Carlos Houston, as they discuss the relationship between your food, your faith, and your feelings. Welcome to Food, Faith, and Feelings, our walk with you on your journey to wholeness. It is Carlos Houston with the lovely Jeannie Burnett. How you doing, Jeannie? I'm good. How are you, Carlos? I'm great, man. It is a beautiful day. A little, little chilly, but it's sun yes, is shining. It is. I love it. It is a beautiful day where I am, too. Cool. And where are you? Dude, I am in Charleston, South Carolina. I uh, was just on Low Country Live with Brooke Heberling, and we talked about Mana Fund and all the things that Mana does. That is so cool, man. Look at you. You are just jet-setting superstar well, on you TV know, shows. On the, way. on the way, yo. Good Morning America, CNN, Fox News. <laughs> <laughs> GMA, I, I'm so ready and excited to be on GMA. So right. Let's get them uh, aware of who we are and what we're doing, and I'll be up there. Exactly. Let's go ahead and call it in. Let's call it in. So, yeah. <laughs> well, cool. Well, the last time we talked, last uh, we were talking with everyone about anxiety, and I think that is a very... I know, and I was so worried about it. You were stressed about stress? I was stressed about it. <laughs> Well, we, we we kind of went to what anxiety is and, and how you know we all experience it from different uh, forms. Some a little more acutely uh, than others. And I, I right. um, however, though, I, I think we all can uh, benefit from some coping skills. So I, I think we did we talk a little bit about some coping skills. We did. We uh, talked about deep breathing and um, some of the ways that uh, people can sort of de-stress themselves. Um, and I know we talked a lot about different things that can cause us stress and cause us anxiety. And I actually right. got some feedback and people really enjoyed that show. Oh, great. I love that. That's what I like to hear. Right. I yeah. know. Well, cool. We're helping people. Right, right, right. And, you know, right along with, with the deep breathing, um, I think in the same arena or, or in the same vein of deep breathing is meditation and, and relaxation and all of that kind of goes in. It, it settles your mind, settles your body. And I don't think, you know, that has always been looked at as, you know, Eastern philosophy and and. And there are people who have embraced it, obviously, around the world. But I don't think we do enough of it. And I, th- I think it's something that it would be great if we taught our children that. How to calm your mind, how to calm your body, to do deep breathing. Uh, well, you know, I think that there are some schools, and they're practicing this in the school system, that really? they that are having children that especially act out starting to do mindfulness, meditation, and I think yoga in the schools, and they're noticing a huge change yes. in the way these children. I, I think it's an amazing idea. I think we should do this in the workplace. Right. I think. I mean, but especially starting this kind of process in the school system. Yeah. Um, I think mean, I remember it. when I when I first did yoga. Um, I, you know, I was always a I was a gymnast, and then I was a runner, and you know, I you know thought about you know that exercise had to be hard and tough right and when i first did yoga i was like Ugh, this is sissy and <laughs> now that i have actually slowed down and do yoga more regularly it is absolutely amazing and i am so sore every time i do it but it is really centering 
for the whole, the whole, just the whole self, and it sets up such a great week ahead. Um, and I, and I also just want to talk about like a lot of times when yoga first came in to, on the scene, a lot of Christians were because it was an Eastern based meditation kind of process. A lot of Christians felt like imaging or dangerous or shouldn't be done. Right. And I'm, I'm really glad that there's this better understanding about what it does and how it really does help to de-stress the mind and the body. Right. And put you on a, on, on a plane to be able to listen to yourself. Um, I've talked to a lot of people that when, especially on the subject of meditation, you know, well, I, I can't do that. Uh, my mind is forever racing or I can't calm down or, you know, just different thoughts. And, and I honestly felt like that. I remember when I used to try to meditate, I, my mind was all over the place. And so I might have 30 seconds of hum, <laughs> you know, but then it's like, I'm all over, I'm thinking about this, or I'm thinking about that, or I'm thinking about what I'm supposed to be. And I used to, just, and I would just stop, like, whatever. What, what I learned and, and, with mindfulness, the, the, I think one of the most important things that I learned was it's okay that your mind drifts. When you recognize that your mind drifted, just drift right on back. Uh, right. I, I, it, and it's fine. We, I think we get so judgmental because we're thinking it's a, this is what it's supposed to be like. This is what I'm supposed to get from this. You know, whether it's, we got it from TV, we're supposed to be levitating off the floor. And, well, uh, and, which, and, and to, to bring that point closer to home, judgment is actually the antithesis of relaxation and acceptance. And so I think that learning to accept where you are, where your mind is, especially if you're trying to slow it down. I mean, it's like, you know, it's like any skill, you have to practice it. Mm And, and that's the, that's a and, that right, I don't I don't want to run over that too fast. What you just said right there is a, is a very important part of this. It's a skill. You're right. not going to do it and be the best at it the first two, three, four, five, seven, ten, twenty times you do it. It's a skill. Right. And like every skill, the more you do it, the better you get at it. The the, the more proficient you you get at it. Yeah. The other the other thought about it is um, we've talked before about DBT or dialectical behavior therapy. And basically, this was developed, I don't know, 30 years ago by, by Marsha Linehan. And so if you go online and you type in DBT and Marsha Linehan, L-I-N-E-H-A-N, you can pull up a lot of her skills and her techniques. They have a lot of information online in terms of how to change your thinking. Now, a lot of people don't think that they can change their thinking, but as we were just talking about, it is a skill that you develop. And like in DBT, they talk a lot about mindfulness and acceptance of where your mind goes. And like one of my favorite um, visualizations about um, mindfulness is think about your thought as like water on a Teflon pan. And, you know, it may circle around and buzz around, but, you know, it'll, it'll just, just, it's like follow the thought and see where it leads because anywhere your thoughts go when you're trying to meditate is actually a helpful place. And it may bring up something that you need to deal with and that's okay. You can take note of that. But then you can also, like, like water will drift off of a Teflon pan, you can let that thought go and, and save it for later. And so letting, I mean, that's in my mind, it's such a gentle way of thinking about our thinking. Right. The dialectical part of, of it, the 
being able to embrace where you are as mm-hmm. you pursue to grow. That's the, the you know, we, we use the word but a lot. You know, I think you're a nice person, but. <laughs> <laughs> you did good today, but. but right. The dialectical it says, I think you're a nice person and, and you right. can you can grow here and you can change this. So. Yeah, I am trying to meditate and it's a little difficult right now. That's and that's perfectly fine. So uh, that mindfulness piece of being able to be in a non-judgmental place, you know, that's a big part of everything. Whether we're talking about anxiety, uh, just mental health in general, to not judge yourself. Right, right. Relationships, communication, not judging yourself. We put so much weight on our own shoulders, not even realizing it. And then what we do oftentimes is take that weight that we put on our shoulders and we allow ourselves to feel that that weight is coming from other people. Well, they're going to think this. No, they're not. You just think that. Right. But being able to. We are our own own worst enemies. Exactly. Nobody knows. I thought about it. I was cleaning my house the other day um, and I thought, oh, well, you know, these people are coming over and they're going to be able to see this dirt or blah, blah, blah. And I was like, you know what? They're not going to slow down and they're not going to take note of my house like I do. Right. Oh, my God. They're going to see this. Uh, No, they're not. (laughs) And they're going to hate me. (laughs) I'm a bad housekeeper. Whatever. Yeah, whatever. Well, I am, but we're not going to talk about that today. <laughs> that's the, and and that's we're not going to talk about session. that today. And we're not going to talk about that today. I think, Carlos, that we should start the hashtag, hashtag and generation. And generation. That's cool. You know, and if people really got in the habit of doing that, it, it, think how much change that would be. To really, yeah. But that goes, with, that goes right along with what you just said, the ability to change the way you think. Because everything that you do takes First, recognizing where you currently are and then putting forth effort to get to where you want to go. That, but, but first, you have to recognize where you are. Um, well, and, and like they say in DBT, and is, is the acceptance word. Right. You made me mad right now, and I still love you. Right. And that, that helps to glue all of your thinking together because a lot of people, especially that have eating disorders or anxiety or depression, believe that if you are, you know, someone's angry with you, that that means that they don't like you anymore. Well, no, an an emotion, I mean, anger is an emotion. And what we want is we don't like anger because it's connected to our pain and we want that to go away. But that doesn't mean we necessarily want the person to go away. Right. And so using and as the connection word between two or three thoughts is what's going to help us be more accepting and then be more loving of other people and and eventually or hopefully of ourselves as well. Right. I made that mistake and I'm still an okay person. Exactly. Let's let's I, I want to I want to talk about what you said about the and being an acceptance word and, and the acceptance piece cuz that has a lot to do with dealing with anxiety also, that acceptance piece. But I, I want to go ahead and, you know, we have to cater to our sponsors right now. And thank you, thank you, thank you to our sponsors. <laughs> exactly. So let's, let's uh, hear a word from our sponsors, and then we're going to come back and talk a little bit more about the acceptance. NISA is a capital company that helps connect those who are from countries outside of the United States to access funding and legal assistance using specific programs that are flexible in order to enhance a project's success. NISA Capital is a global professional services firm that's headquartered in Atlanta and has locations in Miami, India, China, Korea, Vietnam, and Latin America. 
So, could your nonprofit use $10,000 per month in free Google advertising? Since 2003, Google has donated free advertising to over 20,000 nonprofits in over 50 countries throughout the world. They've helped them raise millions of dollars in cash donations, recruiting and volunteer work, and in raising awareness for their causes. Visit EpicGrowth.com, that's E-P-I-C-Growth.com, to see if your nonprofit organization is eligible for this $10,000 in free advertising today. Hello, I am Dr. Jeannie Burnett, the founder and executive director of the MANA Scholarship Fund. MANA Fund was created in 2006 to help those with eating disorders get access to treatment. Our mission statement is to practically address the epidemic of eating disorders by providing prevention, education, research, and financial assistance for treatment to all qualified individuals through well-administered programs. People out there have difficulty with their eating and develop eating disorders, and we We are designed to help people who cannot get that treatment otherwise. So if you would like to sponsor this show or give a donation to the MANA Fund, please contact us through manafund.org. That is M-A-N-N-A fund.org or 770-495-9775. Thank you. Welcome back to Food, Faith, and Feelings. We are talking about anxiety, some coping methods, um, healthy strategies of dealing with anxiety. One of the things that we right before the break we were talking about dbt dialectical behavior therapy and the and factor the the acceptance and i think that's a great transition to as, as we talk about coping the being able to accept like you were talking about i made a mistake and i'm still a good person or and i'm still smart how many times have you heard people like say i'm so stupid like whenever, i never have i don't know what you're talking about <laughs> right no one's ever said that but that acceptance of i made a mistake uh, okay it's all good and keep it pushing but um, the acceptance right. of negative feelings is, is one of the things, and we've talked about this, I know on multiple shows, um, about anger, how it's looked at as, as being negative, um, uh, guilt, sadness, you know, those are things that no one wants to feel those things. However, there are times that we do feel them, right. and well, it's okay. Yes, and most of those negative feelings are connected to our pain. Now, nobody, nobody wants to feel pain. However, I believe that the only way that we actually make thought changes and behavioral changes and grow is through working through our pain. And so while so many people are avoiding their pain and that connects with the anxiety that that also connects with depression, which is what we're going to talk about, you know, next week, but running away from their pain is is so costly. Right. And so like I remember one time and so when I painful. was and it, yes, I remember one time when I um, was coming out of a relationship and I felt so much pain. And this is, I guess, me as the psycholo- pre-psychologist. I simply allowed myself to curl up in the fetal position and I experienced my pain. And I also sort of talked my way through it. Like, okay, this is this is hurting me in my stomach and this is hurting in my chest. And, you know, like, and I cried through it and I basically, and I, this is a new term I've been using with my clients is hug your pain. Like, don't be afraid of it. Right. Let's, let's connect with it. Let's embrace it. Accept it. And learn from it. Right. That pain is there for a reason. It's, it's kind of like, you know, we, we have a headache or we have pain in our body. We take medication to decrease the pain. Um, and oftentimes the thing that we don't take into consideration is if there is a pain, it's there for a reason. 
Instead of just trying, right, instead of just trying to quiet the pain, let me put some actual thought, like what you just said you did. Let me put some thought to it. Let me, let me be mindful, be in the moment and think about what is it that I'm feeling? Why is it that I'm feeling that? And along with accepting those, those feelings, then engaged in some active problem solving because that feeling is there for a reason. Correct. The other thing is that when people connect with their pain, they learn something about themselves and they're able to utilize that information. Um, The other thought that I had around this is that I've never heard of anyone who's experienced their emotional pain to literally die from it. Now, I've heard of when you don't deal with your pain, your emotional pain will be converted into physical pain and stress and ulcers, acid reflux, uh, high blood pressure. Right. All kinds of things. Exactly. That that stress and, literally leads to true somatic physical experiences of the pain, of the stress. That's right, because that energy has to go somewhere. So if you embrace it like you would, like if I like to think about emotions, I think I've said before, like a three-year-old, like a needy three-year-old. Mommy, 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 like watch me or, or take me to the bathroom. Or, and so if your anger or your sadness is coming upon you to deal with it and connect with it, it's like when you connect with that that child and give them what they need, which is that attention in that moment, then oftentimes they will feel satisfied and full and they will go away. And so the same thing connects with our emotions. If you are feeling, if you're having an anxiety attack, a lot of people have anxiety attacks. And what I tell my clients to do is ask themselves, what am I afraid of right now? What, what is it that's going on? What am I perceiving? What am I imagining that's going to happen right now that's going to cause me to feel like I'm dying? And if that's an internal or an external situation, then cry about it, hug that, connect with it, and you will grow from that. Allow yourself to feel it. Allow yourself to right. feel it. And, and the, the beauty of it is when you do that, when you try it, let's say you try it and whether it's a epic fail or it's a heroic day and you, you win, but that experience is going to tell you something also. And you're going, you're going to grow regardless. And the more you do it and what happens at that time, now you have the opportunity to look back. So the next time you feel this a similar feeling, emotion, pain, stress, thought, anxiety, whatever it is, now you can look back at the last time you felt that the attempt that you made, the progress you made, and build off of it. And you continue to build. And that's where change and growth happens. Excellent point, counselor. Very welcome. Uh, That would be $75. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Text in the mail. (laughs) Right, 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 right. But yeah, the uh, I, and I, I think a, a big thing that, you know, the age that we live in now, everyone's on social media, everyone's got the little black box in their hand. We're so into computers and cell phones, you know, just that's all you see now. I don't think we have the connections and the relationships that we have had in the past and that, that connection because people play a very big part. We are social individuals. We're not meant to be isolated and to be alone. We're meant to have connections with people. And I think a lot of times when we're 
we're in this this little four squared room and we're by ourselves dealing with what we're dealing with instead of stepping outside of the box interacting with people doing things with people a lot of times that by itself can change your entire mood can change your thoughts your views just to interact with someone go have fun go call a friend go to lunch uh, go get some pizza yeah the other thing is that and it's okay if you like I am a social person all day I am interacting with people I am counseling people sometimes when I get home, I don't want to talk to anybody. Right. And so it's okay to also have that balance. But you, and I think the key word here is balance. Right. Balance what your your thoughts are, balance what your emotions are, balance your food, balance your exercise. It's all about just, I think if people could listen more to the information that their body is giving them, such as I'm angry right now, okay, or I'm scared right now. Okay, what's going on to, what, what are you thinking that is making making you feel that way? Mm-hmm. What is your interpretation of the situation that makes you scared or that makes that. you angry? What is not, your interpretation? That's that's big. Not what is, is or is not, but what is your interpretation of what is or is not? Because how correct. we see it oftentimes is the issue. Well, and I always talk about we are always in a position. Like what position are you in with your boss right now while your boss is making these statements? Are they positive statements? And, and are you accepting that? Are they, you know, um, constructive criticism? Is it, is it negative criticism? Is it, is it abusive? And so what is your position? How are you hearing that information? And then, you know, if it makes you sad or it makes you angry or it makes you happy, what do you do with that based on how you're interpreting it? Right. And then take care of yourself. If someone is, if your boss is being abusive, leave. Take care of yourself. Right, right. Value yourself. Value yourself. And also ask yourself, like what you just said, is was that constructive criticism? I think sometimes, just like I said, we're so harsh to ourselves and someone gives us constructive criticism and we take that, oh my God, they hate me. Oh my God, I'm I'm horrible. I'm going to get fired. And no, they were just saying that this needs to change. And so, well, again, how that interpretation plays a, a big part. In, in, in that situation, a lot of the times people will project their own fears, their own beliefs about themselves onto other people. Mm-hmm. So exactly. if, if I don't like myself and you and I have a conversation and you're not happy with me, Carlos, then I might take that as, oh, my God, he doesn't like me. He, you know, and, and that is consistent with what I believe. Right. And so it's it sort of fits into that self-fulfilling prophecy. So if I whatever I believe, I'm going to find out there in the world to confirm my belief about myself. I heard a, a great story on, on a TED talk, and I, I want to throw it in real quick. And Gina, I'd, I'd love for you to give us the uh, the verse for the day. Um, okay. But um, it, it was this woman goes on a blind date. I'll try to make it quick. He goes on a blind date, and she the gentleman comes, and they sit at the table, and they're talking. And about six minutes into the conversation, he stands up and says, no, you're not the one, and walks out. And she's sitting there, you know, horrified, just like, I can't believe he just did. So she calls her best friend, and her best friend says, well, what do you think? I mean, like, you're not the most interesting person to talk to. I mean, look how you do your hair. I mean, and if he saw your hips, then of course. I mean, like, of course he left. And everyone's first thought of that is, Wow, that's her best friend. But in all actuality, that's what she was saying to herself. Oh. Those are the things that we say to ourselves. And and it, to hear that your best friend said that is everyone's appalled. But when you understand that, no, that's what we say to ourselves. Then for some reason, that's more acceptable. 
we have to yeah. learn how to to speak those positive things to ourselves, and that does carry over to how we believe others see us. And I, I just want to interject: what we think is different from what we believe, or can be different. Right. So what I know to be true, I know my mother says that she loves me, but I believe that she doesn't love me. And what what we believe is with our heart. And that's really more connected with our self-perception. And so shifting that self-perception into a more favorable one um, is going to be what helps us get through the, the day or the next situation. Right. Um, and I believe it's time for our verse of the day. Is yes, correct? ma'am, it is. All right. So our verse of the week is coming from 1 Peter 5, 7. Give all your worries and cares to God. For he cares about you. I just want to make a really quick uh, mention about the fact that when we trust someone more than we trust ourselves, we have the capability of shifting. So for some people, some people don't believe that God cares about them. They believe that God has forgotten about them. But that is simply not truth. That is the belief that comes from that heart place. But the, the you know, sometimes we, our logic has to convince our heart that it's true. And so when we give our cares to God, if we believe that God has the capacity and the ability to take care of that, and we let that go and we rest in that, then it will. we will feel better. It brings us to a place of peace, yeah. rest. Thank, Thank you, guys. Thank y'all very much. We appreciate all of our listeners, and, and I love that Jenny said she's getting feedback. Um, feel free to, to, to reach out to us. Um, you want yeah. your Mana Fund, you can, you can always find us on, online. You can go to uh, ManaFund.com. Uh, you can Google Food, Faith, and Feelings, get uh, past episodes on Sound cloud everything is archived but we really appreciate all our listeners yep and they can email me at gburnett at manathon.org as well great we'll see y'all next sunday bye